0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Man, I'm excited that you guys are here today. How you guys doing? Can I gotta give a shout out to somebody that's uh, I'm hoping he's in this room. I, I don't know. Um, is Patrick in the house? Patrick What? For real? Patrick, you in the house, are you? Dude. Hey, so everybody look back here and wave at Patrick real quick. So Patrick is a uh, resident at Church of Four Corners, and I just want to say thank you for coming out today, man. Um, he has honestly just been a godson for them. Uh, he's done the youth ministry. He's actually trying to uh, steal some ideas today, I think, for some parking lot, but uh, this guy, he is awesome. Um, he just has the spirit of God's life, and the, the coolest thing I'm going to say about your story, Patrick, is that you are surrendered to God, and he's coming into the church and saying, hey, uh, I want to be sent out to whatever it is that God's calling me to do, and it's incredible that you're in that spot. So let's just give up for Patrick today and what he's doing. Thank you for being here. Man, I am excited to preach this morning, so I hope you're excited to receive. So, who's excited to receive some today? A little bit out there, get some mission motion going a little bit there. Uh, man, so many times we talk about the Bible, um, you know, we talk about why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? And we talk about the cross and the resurrection, and, and it's a awesome, obviously, that's the message, right? We talk about why, why, why. Uh, the, just the bind of the brokenhearted to, to set captivity free, right? They stole the keys. And we talk about Jesus and the why, but today I want to talk about something a little different. I want to talk about how did Jesus come? How did Jesus come? You know, oftentimes we talk about teaching and healing and preaching and all these things Jesus did, kind of the what he did, the why he did, but how did he practically do it? So today I'm going to talk about community. So I want to share a verse with you. It's found in Luke chapter 7, verse 34. It says this. It says, the Son of Man came eating and drinking. Eating and drinking. The Son of Man. (laughs) So you woke me up today to get in the rain to go to church to tell me that Jesus ate and drank. Praise the Lord. Changed everything. It was crazy about this verse that Jesus is actually talking about. He actually got accused of eating so much that he was a glutton and drinking so much that he was drunk. And so just imagine like the life of Jesus that he spent so much time with people, so much time in community, that he was accused of those things, you know, and so much for us, like we have so much more in common, right, with Jesus that we can eat a lot and drink a lot. Like, man, I'm more like Jesus than ever thought I was, you know, and you can be like Jesus by eating and drinking. And so many times we think about the cross and we don't think about the community, not just that we have a personal relationship with Jesus, but we have a shared relationship with Jesus. That somehow life on life makes a difference, somehow that being with each other changes our lives for the, for the, for the better. And so today we're in the middle of a series, we're finishing up actually, and uh, it's called A Love Like Jesus. And so a few weeks back we started, we talked about how Jesus forgives sinners. He didn't come for the righteous, but he came for the sick, for the sinner, amen? That's me, he came for me. And so he saves us, he forgives us. And last week we talked about how Jesus washes feet, how Jesus knelt down to his disciples in the dirtiest part of humanity, and he died on the cross for us, and he served us and loved us, and so we serve other people, amen? We love serving people, that's just part of what we do, and so today we talk about breaking bread, how Jesus broke bread, Jesus lived in community. You know, there's many meals in the New Testament, and I just want to jo- dive in just for a minute just talking about some meals and what the differences are, and if you come to my house and Diane's cooking, she's going to cook up some mean meals, you know what I'm saying? My wife can cook, amen, amen. Praise God for that iron skillet, whatever it is, cast iron skillet. Just praise Jesus, you know, cook up that chicken and everything's great. And she'll sit, have to sit down at the table and she spends a lot of time prepping things. If, if I'm cooking, you're going to get kind of like the, the, uh, the fast meal, you know, like as fast as that's how I do things, fast as possible. Kind of get the elf diet, you know, syrup, you know, candy corn, candy cane, candy. Go, Jesus. That's that, that's, I'm not that guy. Like, I'm looking in the fridge, like, there's nothing here nothing at times like there's all sorts of stuff you got to make it okay yeah we'll get to that pray for my soul but in the new testament the meals are different the meals are just something more than even be enjoyed they're actually a time where people experience the presence of god the times where people get together and really fellowship that's where we don't use a whole lot right but you to get together and really experience the presence of god there's it could last hours and hours and hours even days and days it's a place where really god was around that where people really connected at a deeper spiritual level. They experienced community when they broke bread. So, today, I wanna look at this idea of breaking bread, this idea of fellowship, this idea of really connecting in community and what it looks like in our lives. And so, we're gonna look through the Bible and just look through the lens of fellowship, just a lens of community. So, if you have your Bible, I want you to look in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. It says this in verse 42 It says, They devoted, somebody say devoted, there it is, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking bread into prayer. So you imagine the early church is starting out, and the first thing they do is they set themselves apart. They say, I'm having to devote myself, so I'm going to commit myself, I'm going to make this a priority, it's not going to happen on accident, I'm going to consecrate myself, I'm going to commit myself to two things, the apostles' teaching and to community. I'm going to put myself in community have real fellowship. So, I'm going to spend time with other people. I'm going to care about other people. I'm going to love other people, help other people. And so, it goes on to verse 43. It says this. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. Somebody say Together. Together, it had everything in common. They sold property possessions to give to anyone who had need. Can you imagine how much they shared their lives together? It goes on in the book of Acts to say that no one was without. Like, everybody had the needs met in their life. If you needed something, I was going to sell something. If I could help you, I was going to help you. If I could take you further, I was going to take you further. If I could carry you, I was going to carry you. If I was going to cry with you, if you were going through something, I was going to be there for you. They were a close-knit group. They were deeply committed. They were united it says verse 46, it says every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Man, I really hope this is a life that you get to live. I really hope this is a life that you can have. And you can you can have that. But I really hope it's something you get to experience in your life. Having a spiritual father, having somebody, have a group of people that you're connected with that are really pouring into you. It's so easy to do the Lone Ranger Christianity, amen. We have that personal relationship with Jesus, and it's really not like talked about. Like you just kind of have that, and it's like, I got saved, it's cool, and we go to church. And it's almost kind of this catch and release, like, I know Jesus, but I'm not really growing. And it all happens in community. Like, to follow Jesus happens in community. I'm going to talk about this, and I hope you can live a devoted life in community. Like, there's one thing that you could do as a Christian that's going to help you further your life with Jesus, is to get connected with other believers. Like, I'm not the strongest, you know? I'm not, I'm not that good. I'm, I can't work that hard. I tried. You can't do it without other people helping you along the way. we got to be committed to the spiritual discipline of just community. And that's, a, that's an easy one, right? Like, sign me up. I want to eat and drink and hang out with people. That's what we do, right? In the name of Jesus, that's what all changes. we got to get connected with Jesus. And so we want the overflowing presence of God in our life. It's a place where God is going to meet us. And so my encouragement is really simple. Don't do life alone. Don't do life alone. There was this day, uh, my dad lives down in like uh, 31st and Armor, and he's got this awesome big front porch. You know, we used to have those things before air conditioning, you know, thank God for air conditioning. But we used to actually have to get out and like talk to people. Uh, Today, now we have our awesome six-foot privacy fence. Amen. So, so no one can see us. The stuff we're on our deck and we're out there in our skibbies, you know, getting the, taking the dog out to the bathroom, and you're like. Thank you, Jesus, you know? So we, we got our garage door, so you click a little button, and we drive in, and magically it shuts behind us. We don't have to even say hi to our neighbors, and I was actually uh, joking with Steve uh, a few weeks back. He was telling me about, you know, man, there'd be less harsh words if people had to chisel their writing out in stone. I was like, oh, man, are not going to chisel anything in stone. They're just going to send a picture, you know? And so today, we don't even have to even use our words. We can just send a little emoji, and I don't even know what they all mean, because I'm old, you know? And there's just so many of them, and you're like, is this the face I want to put to this person on this time? I have no idea but I'm going to send it anyway. It's going to be awesome. Praise hands. Praise hands, everybody. Um, but that's what we do, right? Like, we could be, be so close, but so far away, right? Like, we know a lot of people, but we don't really know a lot of people. Like, we don't really experience a lot of people. We don't really get our knees under somebody else's desk. And so, you know... In our world today, like, I would probably rewrite this and like, maybe summarize it a little differently. And if you're going to pick this passage out, obviously this isn't in the Bible. This is book of Sean, you know, verse 2, whatever. Uh, but if you just think about that passage in Acts we just read, like, what does it look like today? And so it may sound something like this. It says the Christians were devoted to themselves and occasionally got to church when they had time. No one was really filled with the awe because there were no signs and wonders performed by believers. Very few of the believers were together. They had almost nothing in common because they had no real time with each other. If they sold something, they used the money to buy something better for themselves. They ate on the run, kept to themselves, and were too rushed to enjoy one another or give praise to God. They claimed to love God, but they didn't really love each other. They felt very empty and alone. As a result, most people disliked them, and very few people were saved." Now, obviously, this is a little extreme, right? But I don't know if I'm too far off, like in my own life, the seasons I've been in. Like, I don't feel like this is something that's uh, way out there. I think this is kind of hidden home. And for us, we live in this kind of isolated Christianity. We call it like an independent, private relationship with Jesus. Like, I love Jesus. I go to church. I go home. But do do I have a shared relationship with Jesus? Like, I believe it's a personal decision to know Christ. That's the Bible says that, right? Like, we make the decision on our own to receive Jesus. But then all of a sudden, like, we don't connect with anybody else. I'm going to tell you, like, in my life, what made the difference was spiritual fathers, like, spiritual role models, people that took the time to pour into my life, people that said, hey, son, I see something in you that you don't see in yourself. There's something you're called to that's bigger than you're putting out. Like, the way you're living, I accept you, I believe. I, be, I know you belong, I care about you, I love you, but you can't stay there. And I was so blessed in my life to have spiritual fathers, People around me that loved me, they cared for me. And I want to encourage you today that we don't live an independent, private Christian life, right? Like we don't hold Jesus to ourselves. We get to share Jesus with our kids, amen? We get to live out in front of them. We get to share with our family. We get to share with our friends. We get to invite our neighbors over. Like, man, I want to hang out with some lost people. Come on, neighbors, come on over. There's, there's some cuss words in my house. There's some crazy things happening. I hope there's no drug deals in the back, you know? Like, you got all this stuff happening. It's like, okay, this is for Jesus, you know? Things are happening. We got to be where Jesus was at. He was accused of being the party guy. Can you imagine that? Our God's the party guy? Some was like, dude, I need to get out and hang out with Jesus more, right? Like, I'm just telling you, we have to follow what God's calls us to do. Um, for us, you know, there's opportunities in front of us to love one another. It doesn't take much to reach out to our neighbors, to our friends, to our family. Sometimes it's just people right across the street. We can celebrate the presence of God. And so today I want to talk about what it looks like to experience real community. I've got two practical things, and it's, one is this. one's to spend time with other believers. It says in Hebrews 10, verse 25, it says, And let us consider how we can spur one another on to love and good deeds. Consider how we can help other people get to where they need to go. Just consider how we can love somebody. How can I love that person? You know, every time I'm in a situation, my phone rings or something happens, I have to ask myself, is, is this an accident or is this a divine appointment? Is this an appointment from God to love somebody? Is this a appointment from God to be used to further his kingdom, to help somebody else? The Bible goes on to say, not giving up, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, I just want to say this, man, there's power in presence, amen? There's power about, about re- being around other people. Uh, imagine like going home today because you're going to go on your Netflix, amen, watch your, watch your whatever show you're addicted to at the moment, and you're going to be like, man, I'm so tired, I'm gonna watch this TV for the next 10 hours, and you're gonna watch a show, right? And you're gonna sit down with your family, you get your popcorn, and if you have a kid, you're gonna build like a fort, and you're gonna tackle each other and whatever, and you're gonna watch TV, right? You're gonna watch a movie. But don't you imagine how weird it'd be, like, man, I really wanna experience this movie with you, so I got some iPads for everybody, and uh, there's a TV in my room, and you can go to your room, we can all watch it, and we come back, it's gonna be way better. Like, we'd never do that, right? Like, that's not how we operate, because there's power in the presence. Uh, you know, imagine when you pray for somebody, it's one thing for you to say, like, I'm gonna pray for you, brother. I'm gonna pray for you. But it's another thing to actually lock hands and pray. So yesterday I was at this wedding and, uh, uh, you know, preachers and weddings, it all, it all goes together. And so I'm sitting there, and it, it was Diane's friend. She has a, um, work friends, uh, this lady's nurse practitioner. And she really started getting on fire for the Lord last couple of years. She grew up Catholic, and Diane's kind of spent some time with her, giving her some books, some pointers. And she's she married to a real strong Christian. And so he's like, hey, you got to go through this discipleship stuff and this. And so she's kind of like, like ignited a fire. So we, uh, we went to the wedding, and I'm just kind of sitting there, and I'm in the man zone. You know, like, that's cool praise Jesus, and this uh, this black preacher, man, he is just shouting it down. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Like, this has that way about it, and I'm like, man, this is really fun, and so all of a sudden, he's like, hey, if you're a clergy, if you're a pastor in the house of God this morning, would you come on up, and let's pray over this couple? I'm like, talking to me. What do you, see? What do you say? Diane's like, hey, you're going. I'm like, all right, so I'm like tripping through the aisle, and am like, I'm like the only white dude on stage, you know, and I'm like, all right, Lord, and so I put my hands on the pastor, and he's just, he's just tearing down the house, praying for her, and I'm, I'm praying for her, and we're all agreeing, and he's just got that moment, and they're crying, and I'm like, man, this is crazy, like, I'm, at least I'm in the pictures, you know what I'm saying? I'm not even a pastor, I just came not for the pictures, that's what I kept telling people, like, I'm not, you know, it's like, well, I've been found, dang it, you know, um, but it's crazy, so later at the reception, like, I didn't know how much that meant to her, uh, but you know, I ran into her. She was on the dance floor. I'm not going to tell what's going on. And uh, <laughs> Jesus was sinners, right? And so, anyway, she comes up to me. And she's like, Man, thank you so much for coming up and praying for me. It's the first time in my life I've ever really felt the Spirit of God move in my life. I cannot believe how powerful that was. I actually didn't even want it in my wedding, but like, we did it, and I was like, Man, I just loved it. And I'll just tell you something there's something, there's a power of the presence. There's power in it. I don't know if you've ever had people pray over you. I mean, I don't know what it is about being a pastor. It's like every other week I'm praying for somebody, like right over him. It's just like most awkward, like, yes, yes. And so we do it, right? But there's power in that. When we lay our hands, we touch somebody. I mean, it's not like us doing anything. It's just there's power that like somebody's believing in me. There's power that somebody's just going on behalf of God right in front of me. There's something to say, like, there's words being spoken over encouragement and power and strength. And you can't, you can't get rid of that. Like those moments where people have prayed over me, those moments when that happened, it's like it's a commissioning moment. You know what I mean? It's like a solid thing. It's like, this is, yes, Lord, where are you at? You know, right here. I'm just telling you, there's power in the presence we get together. You know, the thing to think about, though, as a church is that in the, the study of the church is most Americans go to church, American Christians, once a month. So that's the average they go. And so I don't know really what to do with that. Like I don't have like a point for it, you know, like go more. Like uh, I love the lake, you know, I love vacations, all that stuff. I'm not saying be here every Sunday, but I'm just saying like if the average of somebody's life is to go once a month, there's no way you can experience what God has for you. This is impossible. It's impossible to experience the life that God has for you by going once a month. You know, you think about social media, we probably spend like an hour on social media like about every hour, right, <laughs> like we're on there all the time, like checking it out, like, and then we just like kind of forget about what it is to be connected with other Christians. I'm going to tell you, there's moments in my life where like people poured into me and I was just a willing spirit and said, hey, I'm going to serve, I'm going to submit to your authority. As people poured into me, my life just took off, it was crazy, and so if you're in that moment, you're kind of floating through, I'm going to encourage you, man, there's power in the presence, man, it's, it's the proximity of your relationship to other people, You know, for a lot of us, we're super busy, obviously, right? And I just want to kind of run through what kind of my weeks look like this last week and just kind of encourage you a little bit that, you know, we can do it. And so last week, we started out like, we went to Stronger Men, amen? That was fun. Uh, Dude, I had bruises down my legs. I got shot with Airsoft. That's a long story. Um, Anyway, Diane's like, what happened to you? I'm like, I got shot at Stronger Men's Conference so anyway from getting shot from Friday into Saturday last week and we hooked it back here and spoke last week and then had a meeting after, after uh, our gathering at my house and then packed up we went to Birmingham which was awesome went to this amazing conference uh, that really helped launch our church called Association of Related Churches and we were there for, through Thursday uh, we, we drove back on Thursday awesome drive, Dusty where you at? And don't ever ride with Dusty he'll kill you I swear we all accepted Jesus four times on the way home because we were so worried. (laughs) We were so worried. It's like, Dusty, use the brakes, amen! (laughs) Diane's like, you know there's going to be a lot of orphans in this car when this rolls over and kills us all. (laughs) I was kind of thinking like, well, I guess Barry's in the slot for the next pastor. I don't know what's going to go on here. All the church leaders in this van just died. It's awesome. Anyway. (laughs) I hear the laughs out there from Josh. But anyway, so we went to Ark. We came back. Obviously, uh, just one day in the office, gearing thing ready, and then we had a wedding. Uh, I found out on a Friday, one of my buddies in college uh, had passed away. He overdosed, um, and just kind of a crazy, you know, traffic of like my emotions and just like, man, what is going on? You're And Going to the wedding and hearing that, and then here we are Sunday. You know, and we make a priority in our life. Like you, it's not an accident. We make a priority to be at church. You know, and I'm not saying you be at this church. I'm not saying you come. Here, it's like a 99 percent thing, but like, you know, once a month, it's, it's hard, right? It's hard to grow. It's hard to get connected. And someone encourage you, like, no matter how busy you are, if you want your kids to value community, like, you want you to see God use your life, you got to be in fellowship. It's not just Sunday morning. It's like life groups, you know what I mean? Like, you got to get life on life. It's a relational thing. It's not up here, you down there. It's a circle. And so to get people pouring into your life, you know, something happens around believers you can't get anywhere else, amen? You just can't get it. You just can't get that kind of spirit from God without being around other people. You know, I think about even going to church on Sunday, how sometimes God just moves my life. Like I was so focused on this and then I even go and I'm like the one speaking, right? And God's speaking to me. Or like we talk about going to conferences or maybe you go to life group and man, God showed up and I'm gonna challenge you. Can you think of a spot in a time in your life where it was just you and God and it spoke to you crazy like? Because I look back at my life and 99% of the time that I hear something, I'm challenged there's always somebody else around me. It's always in community where God's moving. And so I encourage you, to get plugged in. You know We can't reduce our Christian walk to listening to a podcast. Ooh, there it is right there. But you can't reduce it to listen to a podcast, right? Like some often we're like, I got my Jesus and I listen to the, to the message. We do this stuff and that's awesome. But we got to get modeled, right? Like I'm gonna follow you follow Christ. I need somebody to, to, to pray with me. I need somebody to carry me through the storm, amen? I need somebody to be there for me. I need somebody to pick me up. I need somebody to say something in my life that I'm just not seeing right now. Like, I need somebody to look me in the eye and say, hey, you, you, that's not where you should go, man. Go this way. This is the way to go. And so, I was going to give you an illustration. If you guys put your hands up, right like this, make a circle. Everybody do it. I can see you, some of you. All right, put it like this. All right. Now, what you do, I want you to put it on your chin. So, put it on your chin. Make sure it's on your chin. I know. Point in case. How many got your things on your cheek? A lot of y'all got on your cheek. Some, some of you guys started here, and then you moved up here like this. You looked around, you're like, oh. You guys got a lot of chins on your face. (laughs) Chin face. Here's the point. more's caught than taught, right? You see more than you hear. Like, that's why it's so important to be around other people. Because you can hear it all day long. You can even show up on Sunday morning and hear it. But to actually get around people that are doing it, to get around leaders for Christ spiritual fathers that are going a direction and they're just, you're like, man, how you, that's, that's what I gotta do. You model that. And so I encourage you to find people in your life. There's power in the presence. You know, when you see people worship Jesus, uh, you're like, man, okay, my spiritual father is really getting into it. I better think about getting into the worship. Like, why is he doing that? Like, I can't believe you got a lot of money and you still go to church. That was a weird one for me growing up. Like, how did you, you do that? You know, you see people serve and give back. And so just think about Jesus being a community. Like, we're called to live it out together. Second thing is this. Don't do life alone. The second way to experience what community is to connect with committed group of people. You know, people ask, what's your secret to launching a church? Uh, it's really no secret. It's just, like, super biblical, and I had no idea that's what it was all about. But it came down to two things. Really, it came down to community was the big picture. But two practical things you could do and that I did that helped really get in the spot for me to be ready to just follow God and his will in my life. One was to have spiritual fathers. To have people in my life that were praying for me. People that loved me. People that accepted me. They're like, hey, I know you you screwed that up. That's no big deal. You belong here. You belong in the family. I care." About you. I remember in high school, I had a guy, his name is Mitch Black. And I was like a screwball. Like, I was a little smart aleck. You know, I would never believe that, right? And 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 this guy poured in my life. He said, man, I believe something in you. I care about you. Hey, no matter what you go through, I'll be here for you. If you need something in the middle of the night, you call me up. If you, if you get lost, I will help you find your way back home. You can go anywhere you want to go, God's got. You know how much encouragement that gave me? It was like wind in your sail, right? Like, man, I'm gonna go tackle the world for Jesus. And I'm all broke, and he gave me his car, you know? And I didn't ask for it, but he did because he knew I was struggling, and he prayed for me, and he was there for me. And many times I'd come back home, I would stay at his house. Back down here, I'd be staying in his house because I was like, man, this guy's got something for me. You know, those people love on you, man. You get a hug from somebody. You know what it's like to get hugged. You know, people do not get hugged in this world. People love on somebody. Man, I got, man, praying for you. Man, I got you. I love you, buddy. I love you. You know, oftentimes you don't hear that in ministry. Church can be the most lonely place in the world, amen? You go to church every week and like whatever, man. But does somebody love you? you had that relationship where somebody's man, I love you. No matter what you do, I love you. You know, you're talking about words of affirmation, man. People speaking life over you. People praying for you. It's so, there's just so much in that. And when we launched our church, man, I went outside of our church and before it launched, long before it launched, I was looking for people to pour in my life. I was looking for spiritual fathers. I was looking for people that were going somewhere that said, hey, look, I can be a dad to you. I'm going to take care of my wing. I'm going to send you on your way. And, and for us, like you church four corners with Craig Cackley, he's one of those guys for us. You know, I think of Lance Harrington at Abund Life and I seriously, I was in the hardest moment of my life. I mean, the deepest valley you could ever walk in. I mean, we've been there, right? And this man was smart to say, how's your soul, man? How you doing? I'm good. Yeah, you're good. Tell me about it, you know? We'd walk through that valley. He literally carried me through, carried me through. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have a church. This isn't about me, right? This is about family. I mean, there's spiritual fathers we can have in our life. These I mean, people have prayed for me that they, they cried on my shoulder. People that celebrated when we launched. They show up to our launch day. They still are invest, invested in us. You know, and for you, like who's the one pushing you? Who's the one carrying you? Who's the one praying for you? Who's the one helping you? Who's, who is that person? Who, who is the person you meet with? And this is why we do it. This is why we do life groups. This is why we do it. So the first thing is have a spiritual father. And so you're getting poured into, right? You're the you're the fellowship, right? Like I'm gonna follow you. You just tell me where to go. I'm gonna submit to you. Like I am gonna use me. Just tell me, help me, you know, pray for me. But then the other side of the point is you need to turn around. You, you need to serve other people. So it's not only just following well, but you need to lead well. Like we need to be spiritual fathers. We need to be spiritual leaders, spiritual mothers to sons and daughters, amen. And this is what excites me. Like this is where the church comes alive. All of a sudden we're like, hey, it's not about me. All of a sudden I'm gonna turn around and say, hey, I'm gonna help you, son. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna speak some words into your life. Like I'm gonna tell you something you may never heard before. I'm gonna tell you something you never got anywhere. I'm gonna see something you've never seen in yourself. And I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna carry you. I'm gonna call you. You're gonna get with me. We're gonna meet one-on-one. And for me, like I have a group of people in our church that I meet with one-on-one every single month, sometimes a couple of weeks, and we work together. Like we focus on God. How are you doing personally? And what's your purpose? How's the stuff going for you? What problems are you facing? How can I pray for you? We have those conversations because we want people to go farther because we're just going to pour back into my sons and daughters for the king. And so for you, like, who, who are we pouring into? It's just not a, a dead-end road, right? Like, we, we receive and then we give. And so it's a healthy model, right? This is what Jesus did. This is what Jesus did. Jesus lived in community, man. You know, there's this illustration they shared at this, uh, this conference. I thought it was so awesome. You can put this picture up here. This is a draft horse. And I thought it was such a... It was just like the opening of the conference. I thought it was so good. They said one draft horse... This is a workhorse. They basically pull logs around, do different stuff, pulled wagons. But one draft horse can pull 8,000 pounds of weight just on its own. I said, man, okay, where's this going? But you get two draft horses together. They don't pull 16,000 pounds. They pull 24,000 pounds, especially when, like, Larry the Cable guy is pulling them around. You know what I'm saying? So... You're done. Just kidding. But you see, this guy, they pull pull way more together. And if you train them well, they work together. They work in unity. They pull together. They know each other. They can pull 32,000 pounds together. You're not meant to live life on your own. God can use you. When you live in community, it changes everything. So if you look back in the Bible, it says this, they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily who were being saved. Man, there's just something that happens in community. I can't explain it. It's like these little details, these little moments. And this week we had an awesome time arc, but I got this letter from Holly and I just want to share. She's one of our dream teamers. She serves faithfully. She's a small group or a life group leader. She just pours her life out and just being used by God. And so I just want to share a little bit what she wrote uh, to me and Diane. She said to me, I've been a part a lot of different churches in a variety of ways and it's easy to feel stagnant in your faith and for the past year or so I felt God nudging me to break out of the stagnant phase and really use the potential that he's put inside of me I don't know what the capacity will be yet but I do do know that he has called me to rise up to rise up I replied back rise up rise up then Drew and I are both really believe in the vision of real life and feel blessed that we took a chance and showed up to an interest social a little over a year ago. We value the leadership and friendship that you both provide. She's told me numerous times I'll talk to her and say, hey, what's going on? She said, man, this is our church. This is our church. This is our home. We're willing to serve. Wherever you want to go, we're gonna go. And what happened in her life is she got connected in community. She got connected. People believed in her. She got a part of a culture where it's like, hey, we want the best for you. We believe God's gift gifted you with a radical purpose and he wants to use that to further his kingdom. And We're gonna help you get to the next level. Man, I can only imagine what God would do in your life if we had that kind of community. Like, what would be different about you? What if you had some spiritual fathers, spiritual leaders? What if you had some sons and daughters? Next time we invite you to something, just bring something with you. Just start bringing them to church. Bring a life group, bring them to the retreat, bring them on your fishing trip, bring them to your McDonald's run. Just start pouring to people. Like be that leader to somebody. You know, we need each other. It's not just about us personally following Jesus. It's about us sharing that relationship with Jesus. And that's how we grow. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.